If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville. Welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in VC Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. We're so excited that you're here with us today. We just had a couple of great episodes with our friend Jeremy Qualls. And, and Jeremy, the, the talent identifier that he is, yes. we decided to stay around. If we're going to shift from talent identification to talent development, why not stay with us at the table? We call it a sequel. A sequel, like Star Wars. <laughs> a, a sequel. I want to apologize welcome. to you guys. Because you're welcome for that. If Thank your you. viewership and listenership has com- gone downhill from this, I apologize. Well, we'll uh, we'll send you the bill. Hats off to you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, to the right, <laughs> as always, wearing the branded goat wear. And the GOAT family of brands, uh, we've got Tyler Burnett. Tyler, uh, straight up in Mobile One, your office, the GOAT Mobile One today. Yes, I'm here. So glad to be here. We hope to have a little more interaction with you today. The audience is a little, well, they want a little more from you today. They do. And then to the left, wearing Believe uh, as a salute to his favorite coach. Second favorite coach. Second favorite coach, sorry. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. John Byers. John is the calming force to our show, and he's the LinkedIn whisperer. And then now Jeremy Qualls joins us at the table today. And, Jeremy, we're glad you're here with us today. I am so thrilled, man. This has been a blast. I hope hope this has been somewhat of an enhancement, maybe. Part two. It's it's been great. Now we're moving on to part three. And we want to give you this as a way to say thank you. Excellent. This is an official GOAT Consulting Podcast Advisor. Please wear it at all places, Beachy, and yes. uh, and spread the good word. Beautiful. Thank you very much. We want to thank our good friends uh, at Dev Digital. And when you're traveling, um, Jeremy, throughout the, the world, they have offices in uh, Nassau, Lima, Peru, Zambia, uh, India. They, they've got it everywhere. I was hoping Zambia. I'm glad you said that. Yep. We're, we're thinking about booking a trip to Zambia. They are the only Google cloud certified partner in the southeast region and they're the google premier partner of choice in nashville there's a lot of cool things there i'll know that i've truly made it into the goat podcast if when we go in remote to lima peru i'm invited yes you you will you will will definitely be invited we're going to do it today for you we're going to serve it up in a way that you can get it it's always about the stages of business and the stages of life 20s get in as you said when you're doing a little video earlier 20s get in 30s move up 40s stay in 50s what do i really want It's about asking that. What do you really want? We frame that all up around the GOAT, the greatest of all time. In sports, it's easy to see. It's people that elevate those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives other people energy and creates new levels, gives them energy, creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. There you go. Thank you. Got through it. The uh, so amazing. The moment for today. Thank you. I need a little affirmation. I haven't been feeling a lot of love from you lately. The, the, The moment today, the topic for today, we're shifting from talent identification to talent development. And, John, you found this incredible quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald that says, you wouldn't be interested in a soldier who was only a little brave. And that was the seed that was planted in you to say, we need to explore that. What did he mean? Why is that important? And how does that, um, 
How does that idea transcend into how we develop talent? Yeah, it's a great question, and and um, it, it's probably worth expanding that quote just a tad because prior to that, he says, saying you have talent is equivalent of a soldier saying they have the right physical qualifications to enter West Point. You wouldn't be interested in a soldier who was only a little brave. Thank you, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, but you think about West Point. Like, by the way, just a little – I did a little homework. I actually did a little interview, actually, with a West Point grad for this episode. I'm <laughs> share that with you guys here in a second. But West Point, do you know to get in, of course, you have to have an application like any, you know, higher education uh, process. But you know, you have to receive a nomination from a member of Congress. I knew that, yeah. To get into West Point. Yep. MTSU, too. That's right. right. So My graduate program. And, and they have a cadet honor code, and it says a cadet will not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those who do. And they hold to it with their life. Yeah. So you think about the meaning behind this quote, and uh, when, when he says, and to me, the, this whole entire episode is an episode about talent is not enough. It may be a first step to identify it, but it's not enough to get you to where you may want to go. Talent isn't enough. And frankly, I think one of the greatest tragedies in life is seeing someone to choose to rely on their talent alone. And I will share a couple as we get it further into the episode around my goat and my conversation with my friend Mark Cutter, West Point grad, around what, what else may be in that for them. Well, I think that all of us here, all of us, if we rely just on our talent alone, we'd be in trouble. One of my favorite sayings in the athletic world, we used to say this when I was coach, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. You may be more talented than us, but you're not ever going to outwork us. I tell my kids often, like, you, if you want to be the best at something, you can outwork most of the time really super talented, more talented than you people. Like, you can do that. You may have to work 10, 20 times harder than them because of their talent, but you can do it. But think about what you could do when you combine the two. Yeah. That's where the power comes in, and that's really what you just shared, Jeremy. So good to have you. Yeah, yeah. You you were somebody that are a great example of. Tyler. My lack of talent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Developing your talent. Right? Yes, I I mean, you see it a lot. There's a lot of times that mo most of the time it doesn't go hand in hand. A lot of times you don't get somebody that's talented. And it kind of takes me back to the moment we talked about on a prior episode before you had the Nick moment because they don't have that Nick. They have that Nick moment too too, too far down the road when mm -hmm. it, they don't learn how to work hard with their talent and then they just they never get it. It never happens. They don't have that, that moment soon enough. And luckily enough – I was. I had a father that was very, very. I was just thinking that about you. I hope you was going to say that. Yeah, from the time I was tiny, like every single day when he got home from work, it was like what you said earlier. He did such a great job of shutting work off and becoming dad. And at the time, it wasn't the dad that I love. Obviously, loved. It wasn't the dad I liked. Yeah, right? right, right. I didn't understand what was happening. I did, and I don't even know that he really understood what he was doing. You know, I still to this day don't. Do we ever as parents? I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know that he, the way he pushed me from a athletic perspective, I don't know that he was doing it to prepare prepare me for life. But boy, did he! Right? He's uh, yeah, yeah. He he definitely pushed me to learn how to. 
I love the, to work the, hard. You've talked about this back in the early episodes about how he woke you up early in the morning, freezing cold, took yeah. you to the field, hit balls. Oh, yeah. You know, made you turn around after that you heard the the ding. Yeah, I don't know where he got that from, but that was not a fun one. I, I'm glad you shared that because being a young father, uh, you know, my son's very at that impressionable age that we we yep. spoke of, right? So I, I grew up in the in the hunting world. I never was a big hunter. I I, I tended to go towards the athletic side of everything. Like, yep. I, I mean, if I had a spare moment, I was playing golf, uh, yeah. you know, playing basketball, whatever. My son, whom I hope and pray is going to be a great athlete, and he may not be because he's his own person. He he has taken up the hunting world, and he is really good at what he does in that world. So I have to tell myself, be a dad and go enjoy this. Regardless, if you have to get up at 3 in the morning and go freeze your tail off in a deer stand. I've got some Sitka gear we'll hook you up that, with. That's right. You know, so if, if, if Make we, sure you get the right gear. Yeah. May have a place for him to go soon, too. So I'm going to share a goat. <laughs> Uh, and he is a graduate of West Point. Yeah. And there have been a few uh, pretty, pretty remarkable folks, and uh, I thought this was really fascinating. Although he was our 34th president, uh, anywhere you look up General Dwight Eisenhower, Dwight it always lists his military um, credentials before and it always points out the fact that he was a general in the army before it points out that he was the 34th president if that tells you anything about the respect of west point grads and where they end up in life but what specifically i cannot think of him and not think of the moment of the picture and i hope everybody has seen it in here where he's talking to the men of the 101st airborne and they're all standing around him, and he's in the center of them, and it's a super powerful picture. Uh, in my office at one point, I had a, a picture of a bunch of sports greats, and yet this one was mixed in there because it's so powerful. And there's little known about the speech, but most of the guys that he was talking to ended up dying within the next 24 hours. What is it that he said to those guys that made them willing to go and do what they were about to do? And, and again, little known about the speech, but but other than the fact that every other line, it has been said that he kept saying, full victory, nothing else. Full victory, nothing else. And there's just some powerful moment in that. So 34th president, military well, officer, general. Certainly talent development's about mindset. And, and talent development's about, to your point, and to Coach Lasso's point, about what you believe. Yep. The, the, the first step in developing your talent, I think, is is developing that mindset that you want to develop your talent. Uh, I look no further than my son, Jack, who blames me for his lack of talent. Uh, as a Division One college basketball walk-on, and um, he gets up every day and, and works at it. I've had people, and this is probably the coolest story about me being a dad, I've had people send me pictures uh, from him by himself at MTSU shooting basketball at 9.30 at night. And and it was one of my friends, and all he, he took the picture, and all he wrote at the bottom of it is, he is a worker. Mm. He is a worker. And what He didn't say... He's so talented. No, and, and though he could have, you you don't go, you don't play. What a talent to make Division One basketball, yes. right? He is a worker, and so I sent that to Jack and Jeremy. Well, everybody at this table will resonate with this. I said, 
the most important thing that I learned from playing Division Three football and the 27-hour bus rides and playing with Sean Brewer and Flint Minshew and all the guys that I played with is I learned to find a gear that I didn't know I had. And once you find that gear, if you can help first you find it yourself, you find your gear, then you help that other person find their gear, that becomes the competitive advantage for you in life. What is obviously we make a joke about me being terrible with movies, but what is the? <laughs> Thank you for bringing that back up. <laughs> that yeah. was a great segue. Yes. Yeah. What what is the movie with the coach when uh, they do the you know the holding the guy and they're doing the barrel and they blindfold him yeah, and they yeah. say make it to the fifty? Yeah, they're facing giants. Get, give something. me give me all you got. Give right. me all you got. You know. Yeah. Um, that's got to be one of my goat moments mm. from a movie perspective, just because of what you just said. When you think when you think you've you know, giving it all you got, yeah. you got more. Just like in your races, both of you, yep. there's been times where in your head you were like, I'm done. And for whatever reason, you continued a little further and you got a second wind or a third wind or a fourth wind. And It's a great point. And, and here's where uh, my friend Mark Cutter, graduate of uh, West Point, business leader, incredible entrepreneur, and he's he's a friend to me and our family. And and I asked him his thoughts on this quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald, and he says, you know, it goes beyond intelligence and physical prowess. One must want to, and he says two things. He says one must want to compete, and he says that he says we fight as we train. He said the reason that we trained at night, the reason we stressed our leaders, our soldiers, with long movements, with live ammo, was because we fight as we train. You've got to want to compete. And number two, he said commitment with integrity. And this is something that you talked about in your episodes, uh, Jeremy. And so then he goes on to say, so yes, you have to, uh, you have to compete in order to do that. You have to be mentally and physically strong. Most of that can be learned or trained. What's tougher, more powerful and harder to identify is commitment. You can't fight without it. It's the seed that gives you the courage to struggle and fight. Do you mind if I put a bow on, on all this? Because I think there's several things that you've said, right? So you've got you've got the self-motivated general, the coaches, the people that we all like to associate with. And it has to be that self-motivated. And, and, and it does. And that's, that's not an easy trait to learn. And then you talk about your son, right? The perseverance, the, asset, the adversity, the things that he's going to have to go through to be a part of that team and tell him never to give up regardless. Because I have a support group for those that are – that are the scout team All-Americans, because I was one. Yeah. But I think the most important – They called them meat beaters. That's but. right. The most important story in this is – say that on air? <laughs> he did. And, and it goes back to it goes back to the, the development of people is know your role and own it. My role going into Austin P was I'm ready to start and be a scorer. However, the all-time leading OVC coach said, no, it's not. I need you in this role. And that role is being the best shooter for – the other team when we go through walkthrough so I can have a future NBA player guard you. Yeah. I had a hard time with that at first. And then when I finally accepted that role, I made our team better in that capacity. And I could own that. Identifying talent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say going back to your thought uh, earlier, Tyler, around uh, to me, the whole premise of this episode being – Talent is not enough. There are moments, lots of moments in training, and I'm sure Jeremy can relate for an Ironman. It never got easier for me to wake up at 3, 4, 
5 a.m. to do a workout. That never, ever, ever, ever gets easier. One thing that is consistent is the desire that I have to compete with myself to get better with myself and that commitment with integrity that Mark Cutter talks about here. That's meaningful enough. The, the, you know, the talent piece is not enough at whatever you want to do in life. You just unlocked something for me today that, that I don't think I would have figured out. You know why I don't train for marathons? I don't know. Because I don't like doing it by myself. Mm. There's an accountability piece there if you have. It, it and, drives you. And I can't – I can't. I, I pay a personal trainer to go work out in the mornings. And if I'm thinking back to the sports that I played, I, I would I, working out with other people pushed me so much harder than working out by myself. Of course. It's like the race horses, right? Like, I mean, they go yeah. the fastest when the other horse gets right up there yeah, next to them. Yeah, yeah. But, but I was just thinking about that for myself is why, why have I not explored that? And I think that's part of it for me is that I, I'm so conditioned to believe that collaboration is the stuff that greatness is made of. And what, when, you, when you get around other people, the synergy that happens from that. Well, and I think that's a subset of that, that piece, right? To go back to these two practicals, right? If, we don't, if I didn't need to say it again – and I will, it's, it's, again, from my friend Mark Cutter, it's putting ourselves in a position to compete, which with ourselves and with others yeah. draws out the best, right? Yeah. And number two, that commit with integrity and consistently asking ourselves, how do we learn ourselves and how do we teach commitment? And that's what I think makes a whole lot of sense for Jeremy to be here and join us again for this episode because that's what he's masterful at doing and continuing to get masterful Can you at. teach commitment? It's tough. I, I, I really think it's tough. That's, that's the part that I struggle with as in the latter stages of this current career that I'm in is I, I, I go back to, okay, everybody's different. Don't, don't treat adults, teachers, fill in the blank as commodities. Don't fall into that trap. But I do not have a whole lot of patience for people that cannot see commitment, that cannot see. And I understand sometimes that's a learned trait. And that's a weakness of mine, right? Is it more on us to find out what they're, what does motivate them? Because I'm, I'm a believer, I've shared this before, maybe even recently, we can't motivate people, but we can find what motivates them and then lean into that. You're right. right? Music, like, right. is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and it's not for the faint of heart. It's exhausting. I mean, let's go back to the, the statement of we're, we're, we're individualizing 420 kids and we want to know what makes every single one of them tick. We want to know... Uh, what their test scores over the last three years were, that's the only way we can make improvement. You've got to get that granular, and it's not easy, right? So when you look at that, that's a weakness of mine that I have to constantly go back to. Okay, that's a person. What makes them tick? And not necessarily use it for your advantage, but unlock something that you can make a relationship with then that, that it will help them see the light. Well, and the irony in that is that it does play to our advantage. Even if we don't do it selfishly, it plays to their advantage and exactly. it plays to ours because what the world needs is for us to come alive. It no needs us to ask the question, what makes us come alive? Because that's what the world needs. And so we inevitably will benefit when we're helping somebody else do it. No, there, there's no doubt. You know, I asked the question, can you teach commitment? And, and I think – the answer lies in two pieces. Number one is feedback is where you learn the most. Mm. And so you have to have people around you that can teach you the long-term commitment. 
I think that's number one. And they have to have a vision to do that. And then number two, and, and Jack won't like this, because he said to me so many times, Dad, I don't need another teachable moment. I don't need another teachable lesson. I think you have to make, if you want to teach commitment, I think you have to be able to look and say, what is the teachable moment for that person in this that is uniquely inherent to them? So Jack, my son, goes through and he plays his entire high school career. He gets to the last game of his, his senior year. He gets called in and he gets told by the, the administration that he's ineligible for his last game of his senior year. Um, because um, they didn't advise him properly all the way up to his senior year. So, so he gets a phone call, and he is told his senior year, I'll never know what that feels like to not be able to finish your career in the way that you want to. And there's a point to this. about This is about developing talent. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to college. He gets over that. We walk it through. Hey, Jack. Think about this. Think about the story you're going to be able to tell. I wasn't able to walk off my game, my career, the way that I wanted to because other people didn't do what they were supposed to do, and I still overcame it. And we're talking about teaching commitment. Then he goes to college, and six weeks in, he's getting called out by the coaches to say, we got a walk-on that's working harder than anybody else in here, right where I want him to be right where you want somebody in the developmental sweet spot of their life. And he gets called in. He's told he's ineligible by the NCAA. We write all these letters. We get the NC, We go through the NCAA process. The entire time, he keeps telling me, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I can't do this anymore. They're just going to do it to me again. This is the narrative he's got going in his head. And I said this to him. And this would be different than what Wayne Williams would say to me. I thought it was interesting that his dad's name was Wayne as well. I call it the Wayne factor. But I said... You're going to hate yourself for the rest of your life if you walk away from this. Absolutely. Don't do it. He's back in. He loves it. He's getting back into the groove. And to me, the takeaway for me and somebody that does things that are similar to Jeremy in terms of developing talent in other people is pulling out that teachable moment so that it could happen the way that it needed to happen. Because now imagine the rest of the story. I went to high school. They misadvised me. I couldn't play my senior, the last game of my senior mm-hmm. year. I go to college. The NCAA says I'm ineligible. I fight back. I write the letters. He had to write a letter. Jack had to write letters explaining with a 3.6 and a 29 or a 30 on his ACT that he was not trying to take advantage of the system to become the next great NCAA Division One basketball player. He wrote them, and he did it. What great lessons on commitment that yep. now become part of how he develops talent within himself. I want, I want you to make a commitment right here on the air so you cannot tell me differently. Okay. As the witnesses. Yes. Do not ever stop coaching or advising him until your last breath. Yeah, man. Ever. I mean, he's at that age, too, right now. He knows it. He's getting it. He still don't understand it yet, right? Right. And he's like, oh, and I think it's dad, easy. Dad, whatever. Yeah. Dad, whatever. Dad. Yeah. And then one day he'll wake up and he'll be like, that's the greatest advice I've ever gotten. So. Something I've thought about a lot over the years is like, if I could go back to high school right now, knowing what I know now, <laughs> right? Everybody has that. Yeah. But it's like, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on the front side of that and say, man, you know, you guys were 30, 
what 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 mistakes are you seeing? What's the feedback for me? How can I learn from other people's mistakes to really move forward? And it's a really cliche, but it's so true. So true. It's like, man, Jack, if I could take you to where I was twelve years ago, yeah, and I could walk you through what this moment you're living like looks like ten years from now, and could coach you through that, yeah, it's unbelievable how you would shift, yeah, and and your perspective. Yeah, and most of those experiences are so inconsequential, but there are there are moments in there that that are they're game changers, right? For sure. But we look back on it from that maturity and that wisdom aspect, and you're like, okay, I want to advise my kid. He's going into he's going into freshman high school. I graduated from a 400 student high school. He's going to a 1500, and in, in the exposure he's going to get from a a level of you know he's extremely naive. He's, he's an eighth grader, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking about all those things and all those things I tried to portray at that age, and I'm thinking how silly all that is. But it's hard to get that across, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. You, yeah. you go back to those thoughts. You're like, dude, that don't even matter. I don't care who the most popular kid is. That None of that matters. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember Talent's not enough. <laughs> Talent's not enough. Talent's not, not, enough. not enough. And, and we started off this episode by um, referencing the great, uh, the, uh, the great author, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, author of the the great book, The Great Gatsby, the American, the American drama that unfolds great in front of us. Too. And my favorite quote from him, I'll end with it with you today, is nothing any good isn't hard. Nothing any good isn't hard. Did I say that right? Nothing going, any good. The isn't going hard. gets tough, the tough, tough get, get going. going. And so for for Tyler and for like John and for, for Jeremy Qualls, who joined us today, and we appreciate you taking the time to be here when the tough what is it? Going gets tough. <laughs> tough get going. Thank you so much. I'm Colby Jubenville, <laughs> and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Oh.